Welcome back to Radio Check, a podcast by the Department of Institutional Memory. Today we're going to talk to Fearless, part two. This episode includes Bacon, Earth Guardians, Hot Springs Patrol, Community Outreach, other groups on the playa. Fearless is a reckless R&R rider. The greeters and investments. Hope you enjoy. Radio check. Over. Oh, yeah. And last time, when you told me where, where it was from, I actually ordered four pounds. <laughs> I got through two pounds of it, and I had to stop. It's, just, it's, it's worse than heroin. <laughs> and the package comes. It's not even refrigerated. And you're like, what? It's that cured. Sit. That's what you can go on a ship with. That's, you know, they used to make bacon to preserve it back before they had refrigerated. I mean, the package smells like it. Like they smoke the package, but nope. Yum. <laughs> so you were working with the Earth Guardians and Rangering, or maybe you just did that for a couple of years or something. But then you were involved in the start of the um, hot spring patrols that they run, which the Rangers are now <clears throat> the drivers and escorts for. Can you? That was one of the concerns of these committees and what have you about the uh, Burning Man's going to trash these beautiful hot springs. And that's accurate because uh, to begin with, in just dealing with those 100 or 200 people, you ended up with a dozen or two dozen going to the hot springs. That put them on the edge of survival because these places are... They're not set up. It's not like a swimming pool where you, you it's surrounded by a cement patio. There's like uh, vegetation and stuff around these things, and it grows very slowly. And you get a number of people tramping over that. It, you know, basically it will destroy it. And we recognize that. So that's when we created what was referred to as a hot springs patrol. And... Part of the problem was, is like historically from years and years of use, I mean, that was part of the ceremony was going to the hot springs at night or what have you during the day and using the hot springs. Uh-huh. And there was a lot of people that were still in Burning Man, but with the conditions changes of having 100 or 200 people there or thousands of people there. They want to you know, maintain these same habits that they came to know as being part of Burning Man. Yeah. So we created a hot springs patrol, and basically it was having somebody at the hot springs to discourage their use by Burning Man participants. No authority, mm-hmm. no anything, but with a line, a long line of like, you know, if you enjoy Burning Man, it behooves you not to use the hot springs you're going to endanger this thing happening again next year. So basically verbally discouraging use and for the most part, for the most part, um, these admonitions were, you know, well received. It's like, oh, then thought about that. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I've seen somebody that bicycled over to uh, uh, Trago from the event site on a bicycle, got over there and found, you know, it's like had this pointed out to them they, oh, turn around, get back with their bicycle. We're talking about bicycling a couple of miles, you know, without any objections or anything. And that's, you know, that's the kind of reception that 
you know, these emanations generally receive. And it turned out, to begin with, it was discouraged use in that regard. But in the meantime, you know, people have gotten smarter. They realize that they're familiar with the rules. Um, and now the Hot Springs Patrol has kind of turned into an outreach process where, you know, you've got people at the Hot Springs, uh, Birdie Man, uh, uh, Leave No Trace people, there at the Hot Springs camping out, just hanging out and interacting with uh, visitors to the Hot Springs that are not Birdie Man people. And basically they're out there as an outreach saying, hi, how you doing? We're out here making uh, sure that your Hot Springs are not uh, destroyed or harmed. Uh, how are you doing? Listening to stories of these other people and kind of like uh, letting these people experience and burning man people that are not uh, devils or you know, in some weird what have you, they're out there looking out for the hot springs. I said, no, it's an outreach. An outreach. It's a way to interact with people that have been uh, out there for years that are not part of Burning Man, but they're looking across the desert and they're seeing this thing going on. And they're basically, they're out there saying, hi, how you doing? So you've come into contact with a lot of the locals. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And uh, there's other clubs and stuff. When I was out there before, they, you know, you got the rocket Rocketeers out there. They had a bowling league out there, um, a golf club, you know, Right. And there's a couple of other off-road organizations that, uh, Crow, who is it that has their meeting out there every year? Oh, uh, there's several. There's so many things. I mean, there was land sailors. They're not so much here anymore, but there's a iron butt motorcycle thing. There's, you know, the desert dogs that Verdi used to be a part of. There's just several. Oh, I forget. There's one you're talking about. I forget what the name of it is. Big four by four club. They used to have their annual meeting at Double Hot. It's really fun talking to Fearless about all the things that go on out in the desert and all the groups that are there. Next, Fearless shares a little bit of insight about people who talk about going to the event. You being you and meeting people who are from the area who are not fans of the event and and how you've had to be that normal person who's just like a normal guy who is involved in the thing and cares about it, but you're not half naked and you're not running around praying to the devil amongst the other things that people say we do, which we don't. And this is a common phenomena. People uh, say bad things about uh, events and what have you. 95% of the time, those people have not been there. And you're not going to, you know, the people have actually been there, got a completely different story, you know, and that, you know, I'm saying, hey, I've been there and, you know, they're not, you know, setting up a shrine to the devil out there. <laughs> people going out there. There's people going out there and getting, having a safe place to do all those things their mother told them they shouldn't do when they were a kid. <laughs> Run with scissors. <laughs> well, I have one question for you. Have you ever done a dirt ranger shift, like a patrol on foot? Oh, yeah. Like an actual show up to the HQ and sign up for a foot patrol? Years and years ago. <laughs> I mean, to begin with, you didn't have to have a bicycle to go to Burning Man. You want to go over there, you know? <laughs> no big deal. No. But yes, in bicycling, I did bicycle rangering. I 
one moment that stands out was got a call to go to the other side of the city. It was after dark. And I'm a holiday ass going over there, pedaling, pedaling, pedaling. And I ran right into a platform, about a 20 by 20 foot platform. <laughs> there was, it had no side, it was just a straight platform. Unfortunately, it was like a painted surface, more than you. I hit that thing and was sliding on across that on my belly <laughs> and came out uninjured. <laughs> what? Of course, the bike was, you know, trashed, but that was a rude surprise. <laughs> so some early R&R stories. It's a tough world, way before everything had to be lit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It got to where a vehicle, and this was back in the days, of, you know, we're talking about uh, scooters and gators and things. This is before gators and things. So it was either yeah. a bicycle or on foot, a bicycle, or your vehicle. My vehicle is like, has survived insofar as like I'm still driving like I was 15, 20 years ago. <laughs> you uh, you lost a vehicle to a train, is that correct, Fearless? No. <laughs> This is why you have hey, the train I was, horn. I was volunteering. This is BLM. This is not during the event, but out there in the middle of the volunteers uh, on a weekend or what have you, and crossing the tracks at Trago, I had um, Bilbo's wife in the passenger seat. We were at Trago and, and coming back. And I pulled up at the tracks and, you know, you know, checked for trains and Barbara, Barbara Bilbo, she turned her head, looked out the passenger window, she said, train, then smash. <laughs> and the train caught my front bumper. And the thing is, is like, I made that front bumper. I mounted that front bumper and it was like mounted to my truck with like eight half inch grade eight bolts. So it tore off part of my frame. <laughs> and tossed. I had a uh, um, Odyssey battery. It tossed that battery probably 75 yards through the air where he found it. It's way off in the bushes. This is a about a 30 pound battery. <laughs> it, it struck with some force. And my, my left rear tire never left the ground. It just swung that truck around at about uh, somewhere between 45 and 90 degrees. And because that train was like, it was one of these like, you know, a couple hundred cars of how many thousands of tons. I forget, I don't know how much those things weigh, but at any rate, that uh, the train driver, they, the train ended up coming to a halt down the way away. It probably didn't get to stop till uh, Gearlock. But uh, at any rate, the engineer came back and he's like in quasi panic and out of breath for having run all the way from where the train finally came to a stop. And, is everybody okay? You know, was, yeah. Turns out that he was engineer on a train down the uh, California Valley, and they ended up running into somebody on, on, on the tracks like uh, once a month or something. He said, 
the nerves got to him, and that's when he quit that job and took this other one. So, but at any rate, <laughs> nothing, you know, nothing. Now I got a piece of the train. I still got a part of the brake hose that I ripped <laughs> off of their train. Um, but, you know, and what it was, I pulled up to, to check, and I'm just a little bit too close to the train track. So when you used to be rangering, you didn't have a partner. There was no, you have to have a partner to go out and ranger, no. right? No, no, no. And then you were a shift lead. I asked Fearless. You know, that was also based on something, Fearless. Remember, um, there was something called a captain for some brief period of time that pe- we didn't really uh, love that title, but you were a captain in 1999, 2000 or something. You remember that? That was kind of a shift lead type position then. We, we had a dispatcher. but No, I was always a ranger. Yeah. It wasn't, I was a ranger or Earth Guardian. You know, I was camping in Earth Guardians. I was always uh, rangering. Yeah, right. Hey, I did a lot of work for everybody. I was, uh, I've been uh, <laughs> working perimeter, work gate, rangering. Basically, if there was something I hadn't done before, I'd jump in. <laughs> so, I like variety. That's one way to keep it interesting. But a lot of these things we're talking about, we're talking about khaki. You know, in the early years of rangers, there was no khaki. You know, there, you know, these things didn't exist. I mean, it was like a bunch of us trying to make this thing work. You know, you know say, uh, well, you're in charge. That was it. <laughs> that was the extent of the title. <laughs> and that was the thing. I mean, to begin with, uh, interesting aspect of Ranger is, to begin with, the Rangers actually ran the city, literally ran the city. And it was like the Rangers were the ones that, you know, could shut it down, turn it on, turn it off, made the rules, you know, as such as they were. But uh, that, there was no hierarchy in talking about whoever. Now there's like umpteen layers. Back then, it's like, it was like the Rangers ran the city, period. Did you ever interact with John Law when he was doing rangering back in the day? No, no, no. Shibumi? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Shibumi, uh-huh. uh, Shibumi was a ranger back then. And that was like danger back in those years had this uh, disturbing habit of just disappearing occasionally. <laughs> he would be in charge. But then he would disappear, and something would come up where we were looking for danger because of X, and he was not to be found. <laughs> and and one night, you know, it's like, you know, danger, you know, danger disappeared, and we needed somebody to be in charge. And like, I don't know how many rangers we didn't have that many rangers, but we had rangers out spread out around the city, and uh, Shibumi volunteered to be khaki. And she ended up just sitting on a chair on an overturned bucket out in the dark with a handheld, you know, running the city. Well, I was very much impressed with that. You know, I was a fairly new ranger back then myself. Do you remember Danger Angel or Angel? Angel. Name strikes a bell. I interacted with Crimson a lot, Will, uh, Danger. Um, those are the ones I recall vividly. Uh-huh. And you remember Bogman? Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's a character. There's, 
great stories of Bogman, uh, but I don't recall any at the moment. But then you, you, you were around for the Big Bear days. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Appropriate. That, I didn't know. No stories. It all blends together. I hear you. And then there's the Sea Dog era. Plus, there's the super, <laughs> super double secret confidentiality agreement. Who was it, Crow? Who was head of the 240Z? Oh, Houston. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I do remember when he came in, his khakis were starched. Mm, yeah. <laughs> totally heavily starched. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he had, the two, he had a 280 or 240Z total mm. sports car, and his license plate was Ranger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was a 240. And he would never stay in the playa. He'd stay at Bruno's and drive into the city. Well, yeah. that was that was a legend that, you know, I think was maybe partially true. But partially. we'd always give him shit that he must have a whole rack of these starched uniforms <laughs> um, or a Hawaiian shirt, be one of those two, um, that he would be pulling out of somewhere. You know, and like to, to Fearless's point about the Rangers around the city. I mean, so the Rangers were gate. I mean, that, that was everything was kind of all wrapped in that split off. There were ESD, but I remember Houston. He was doing a lot of gate stuff too, and he was the logistics manager. But he would just be jamming in and out, and um, from from HQ to the gate in that 240. You know, doing whatever he's doing, and we're like, "Why are you not dusty? Why but, are you not anyway. dusty?" Ugh. Well, I was saying, you know, going back to the first days, coming to Burning Man to begin with, there was nothing more than the equivalent of a kiosk shortly after you got on the Diplaya. Somebody there to wave his arms and tell you how to go to this direction, this direction. Well, if, after that first discovery, the next time I came, you know, I didn't know where it was. I was driving across the playa. I knew it was out there somewhere and found it. And it was only after leaving that I ran across the kiosk. And I don't know what they were asking. It's like $5 or $10 or $20 or something to go to Bernie Manor's. Very voluntary. I mean, you had to pull up and hand somebody some money, but I think it was 25 But after that first year there, I sent Bernie Man a $50 check in the mail saying, hey, I, like, I didn't pay last year. And I want you guys to keep going. So I sent him a $50 check. And eventually I ended up working the gate you know, when there was a gate. And um, part of the, gen the genesis of the greeters was that I put together uh, a spiel for the greeters. You know. So I want to take a little break here and talk about Fearless's experience. He saw the event very early on and knew he wanted to continue, and so he gave it more money when he got home later. The event is kind of in that same position right now. We don't know what's going to happen, but they definitely could use a little money. So here's the first time on this podcast we'll give a promotion shout-out for the Burning Man Project, an organization. Right now they're going through what everyone is going through with a money thing, and if you have any ability to send them a little cash, it could help the event the other thing I want to mention is uh, Fearless and this time that he found the event. Those early days in the history of an event are really important. So whatever you're doing, whenever you're doing a burning project and you don't know whether you should go or not, please go to the first one, go to the second one, go to those early ones. That's where the most fun is. That's where there's room to figure things out. That's where there's room to really get your burn on because it's not all figured out. Burning Man event in the desert is very figured out. There's still room to figure out new things, and please do that too. 
but in your local communities. That's where you have the ability to make the most change in the way that you are most comfortable with. What I really stopped here for was to make sure that everyone knows what a spiel is. Being from Chicago, near a very Jewish neighborhood, and then coming to New York and living in an extremely Jewish neighborhood, I've been exposed to this term since I was a very little child. Spiel is Yiddish for a story. And we all know that lots of different groups have different spiels, stories, things that they deliver, training things. And just a general greeter's speech is a spiel. So there's your little lesson in Yiddish for the day, and we're going to go back to Fearless. Radio check. Part of the, gen the genesis of the greeters was that I put together uh, a spiel for the greeters, you know, and put together the first one, actually, and it was having to do with that role, you know, separating the role of the greeters from the ticket takers. And uh, that was, so, I put together the spiel to begin with. Of course, that didn't last very long because I'm very wordy and what have you, you know, but any rate, you know, it was like your sold insurance or some bullshit. But, uh, but any rate, yeah, that's a role that I played was creating the, the, the greeter spiel. Who knew Felix was Papa Greeter? One of the very first years, I remember very vividly with Crimson, in danger, and myself standing alongside uh, vehicles leaving the site at the end of the event. And getting donations for next year. Somebody had done some accounting during the process of that year's event and figured out, it's like, hey, we're out of money. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So I was there and I had a paper bag and I, I probably collected close to 20 grand, I'm guessing, you know, on people going out. Oh yeah, I had it down, I had, you know, a bunch of bills like folded up in my finger in one hand with a hundred on the outside say you know and hitting people up for donations so we can do this again next year and that's when uh we were actually giving away lifetime passes for i forget the amount it's like 300 or 700 dollars somebody gave that amount they got a lifetime pass and they're still honoring those lifetime mm -hmm. passes they gave yeah. back there. you're talking about 1997 right is that right? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Right. Was that where it was? Well, that's what I, I wasn't there. I came the year after that, but that's what I've always heard is that 97, okay. the sheriff hit him up for the bill. They were off bill. Um, well, they were, it was, it fell under the county sheriff and they made him collect money or something. No, this was, I think this was on the main playa. Okay. Maybe it, yeah, it, been, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, for, you know, any agency or anything, it was, this just popped up at the spur of the moment. Uh -huh. So it was like somebody came to the realization that they need to have money for next year. Uh, okay. And that, that was the incident. It did not have to do, it was not as well organized as it was as uh, the Wallapaya. Yeah, the Wallapaya was that sheriff with the helicopter and they came and took all the money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no, this was prior to that. This was a year or two before that, that right oh. but i feel that we collected a hell of a lot of money <laughs> going into a paper bag brown paper bag right also you're famous fearless for your uh ranger social uh dlts <laughs> how did how did that come about well as always just to contribute <laughs> basically it's like you know how can i play and that's, you know, this came, you know, 
it was just something that came to mind. And to begin with, of course, it was not the event that it is now. I mean, as far as size-wise and what have you, it was just something to mm-hmm. do. I mean, we were, you know, somebody bring sausage or something, we'd, you know, cook them over the burn barrel, just like, you know, happens now, except that was a social back then. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm imagining there was a social and you realized you had extra bacon, you just decided to fire it all up. Yeah, 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 something like that. I mean, you know, it was spontaneous. Well, now it's a high point of that event. You're following your reflecting back and say, oh, that was fun, let's do that again. So. That was fun, let's do it again. That's what happens at the end of the first time you do any event. Hopefully. If it's not fun, then don't do it again, but if it's fun, do it again. So, I'm sure you're all wondering, as we were, how it is that Fearless gets to just run around the planet, and him being such a nice, open guy, we asked him the question, and he actually gave us the answer. So, here it is. Well, where did, I mean, where did all it, did you get it from, did you get it from the insurance gig, or have you just had a pile of it laying around, are you playing the market? I mean... You know, hell, this is over a period of a lot of years. You invest intelligently and gotcha. not you know, not be trying to, quote, unquote, play the market. Um, right. You know, that's a, a miracle of compound interest kind of things. <laughs> you know, right figure, on. You figure out, you know, you compound 10% a year over a period of 10 years, seven and a half years, I think you've doubled your money. Right. So... Nice. You do that over and over. And lately I've been, you know, I say lately, the last 10 years, I've been associated with Motley Fool, which is like, that's where that hat is, you see it. Yeah, baby. I'm, well, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it right. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Fearless. Oh, it's working so good. I was getting a little scared. More BLTs, buddy. Usually. <laughs> <laughs> Things are going really good. The hair starts to stand up in the back of my head. You know, it's, you know yeah. something's going to happen. <laughs> Biggest thing you have to deal with in 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 the market is your own psychology and you know, resisting those impulses that come up. Like when the bottom drops out of the market, don't be selling your damn stock when the market goes down, dummy. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to buy. Things is when the market goes down. Yeah. <laughs> but human, human nature is, it's like people put panic and they sell shit. Market goes way up. Well, everybody goes to get on the bandway. So they start buying stock. No, 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 no. You got it backwards, fella. You know? oh. So, but that, what you're dealing with there, you're not dealing with the market. The, the devil that you're having to deal with is your own brain. I also love it that you know Fearless one day is going to take all his money and he's going to abscond to Colombia and it and it's not to like buy a villa it's to go put water in some indigenous people's communities. Yeah, sounds like sounds like plan. <laughs> there you have it, people. A two-parter talking with Fearless. The man has done a lot. That last bit about going to Colombia. We'll be covered in another episode about Fearless, about his world travels. In the meantime, thanks for joining us here at Radio Check. Be safe, speak your mind out there, and we'll see you next week. Radio Check.